You are listening to the Lighter Side Show audio podcast with Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, produced by the Lighter Side Network. Visit and subscribe to thelightersidenetwork.com for hundreds of video episodes exploring wholeness living, energy work, trans channeling, and more. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to the Lighter Side Show podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium. And today I have with me David Jones and Lisa Jones of the Visionary Healing Center for Wellness. I nailed it. You nailed it. It's a long title. Good job. (laughs) Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. It's nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we're going to talk about deep healing with sensory deprivation. And I love sensory deprivation. But before we dive in, I have two things that I want to mention to you, Lumineers. One is that the Luma Summit is coming up October, October 11th here in Atlanta, Georgia, the Center for Love and Light. Head over to jamiebutlermedium.com, check it out, buy your early bird tickets. They're on sale now. We have so many great speakers. You're going to be very surprised. Also, starting September 1st, we have the Verity Certification Program, which is a seven-month program that will help you get your business off the ground. So check that out. So we're jamiebutlermedium.com. Now, with no further ado, I really want to get into this. The deep healing with sensory deprivation. Now, I've had the pleasure of using sensory deprivation. Oh, great. In the tank Mm -hmm. and in a psychomantium. Oh, wow. So I can't wait to hear where you guys are coming from. And before we dive into this, can you share briefly kind of your background and kind of where you've come from and how you landed on your two feet here in Atlanta with sensory deprivation tanks? Wow, that could be a long story, or well, we'll try to. Uh, <laughs> you should really tell it, but I'll. I guess I first floated in a tank in 1991. I think sensory deprivation history goes back to maybe the late 70s and started a little bit of a craze with the movie Altered States, which maybe not, maybe did not present the most positive view of, of, <laughs> of uh, tanks because it was kind of a horror movie. But it did create interest. And so there was a little surge. And then in the early 90s, there was another surge. Uh, tanks, you know, have improved a lot since then. And uh, so along with that, cleanliness and the way they're maintained has gotten so much better that now we're experiencing a real renaissance of the uh, float tank. We've been in the wellness field for a very long time. Um, I, I've been a holistic chef almost my whole life for 25 years. I have cooked for people using food as a tool for healing. And uh, we both, we we began our our journey together because we worked together as a couple um, in the arts. And then we quickly uh, sort of fused our our interest in the creative arts with the healing arts. Uh, Dave eventually became an acupuncturist. And along the way, when we realized we needed to move out of New York, it just wasn't our sweet spot up there. We lived up in the Hudson Valley and we had a really successful practice for 15 years up there. And I chefed up there for 25 years. Uh, But it wasn't geographically the place where we could really thrive. Um, We had a visit down to Atlanta and had that experience that many people talk about where you just feel expanded. And knew that we were going to head in this direction eventually. So uh, we learned two things. One is that this area is vastly underserved for acupuncture. Yes. Want to give credit to the acupuncturists who are here. There are some really beautiful practices, but there just aren't enough of them. 
By contrast, in the little county we lived in up in New York, there were 1,500 licensed acupuncturists for maybe 300,000 people. Down here, there's under 100. Whoa. I know. So, And we didn't have any problem keeping our practice filled up there. But we could see that Atlanta needed us, and we also could see that Atlanta didn't have any sensory deprivation. And although we ha we were just like dabblers in the float world, we understood. <laughs> <laughs> we had only floated a couple of times between the two of us, but we understood the power of the tool. And Okay, so when you say floated a couple of times, you're referring to having a full session in yes. a sensory deprivation tank. So Lumineers, if you're hearing this for the first time, floated means yeah. a session. Yeah, not like swimming with the swimmy underneath you, but like actually going into a sensory deprivation chamber and spending an hour or 90 minutes um, and having that incredible, powerful experience. But we we could, you know, I think that it was a moment of inspiration on David's part where he said, let's look into putting a tank in, uh, a sensory deprivation tank in. And then we delved into the research of how it would integrate with our practice and everything we read about made sense. So we were doing it for the first time together here for about a year and having really incredible experiences with our clients who we try to encourage them to do acupuncture and float successively. Um, it helps to integrate the acupuncture treatment, but we also treat a lot of people um, in the flotation tank who'd never get acupuncture. Wait, what? Say that again? Uh, you treat... Oh, I mean, we we host people in the flotation tank. Oh, yeah. I was like, needles in the flotation tank. I have yet yeah. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a thought. But, but, you know, the float, the concept of the float tank in our business was an outgrowth of acupuncture treatments in that uh, my treatments for acupuncture, well, all of acupuncture works with moving energy and needles are one way to do that. And other modalities like Reiki and cranial sacral work are other ways to do that. And I try to employ all of that, but it's all dealing with energy and vibration. And so I also use tuning forks, et cetera. And my vision was really to combine, uh, to complete an acupuncture treatment and move that person into the tank where I could introduce sound of a certain frequency along with the, the matching frequency in light and have that intensely uh, presented to the person in the tank. So the only experience they would have, it would, they wouldn't be completely deprived of uh, sensory input, but the only experience they would have would be of a very particular vibration. That is brilliant. My my brain is spinning right now. So now I'm kind of upset that you just call yourself an acupuncture. And I just say just, it, it, it's several years and a very dedication, very long dedication to become an acupuncturist. And there's a lot that goes in it. But what you're talking about to me is something I'm passionate about, which is I call it energy matching, where you're able to hone down on the specific vibration and give it to the person while they're in the tank. Which is also what we do in acupuncture, if, if you practice that way. <laughs> if you practice yeah. that way. A lot of people that I've seen in Atlanta don't necessarily practice that way, but they are looking at balancing the whole of the person. There's a lot of styles of acupuncture, the way it's evolved throughout thousands of years and around the world has resulted in a lot of different approaches, sort of underappreciated that way. It's easy to integrate other things into it. We need to call you something a little more expansive. The wizard? Is it the oh, wizard? gosh. <laughs> <clears throat> I was going to go with concierge acupuncturist, but there just aren't that many concierges to acupuncture. <laughs> <laughs> so in your practice of doing this, 
what are the changes that you've seen with solely just doing an acupuncture treatment standalone? Because in my days, it was, okay, you can stay on the table for 10, 15 minutes, and then when you're ready, move on. And I've often not wanted to get up, nor sit in a waiting room to spend more time, you know, chilling out. So I would go in my car and be in my car, and often I didn't feel right to drive, but you know, time is moving. And of course, if I didn't have something booked there, I had to pick up a kid or go do something versus your treatment with the hour after it, or maybe hour and a half it's already a, booked for that person. It's a long commitment of time to do both with us because my acupuncture treatments are, well, the initial one's always two hours. And then wow. uh, the additional treatments are usually running about an hour and a half, sometimes two. I get in a little trouble with my scheduling wife that <laughs> or over over overworking. Uh -huh. Well, you know, there's a lot of complexity to get through uh, in acupuncture, and uh, it, before we even determine what what we're treating and and how we're going to treat it. But the and then there's another hour and a half commitment to being in the float tank. So you're there the better part of a day, and when you leave, you still probably want to sit in your car and figure out which way is up for a while. So. Yes, yes. But we have found that. Uh, when we integrate an acupuncture treatment and a flotation therapy session after acupuncture, we can increase people's recovery time. We can get their sessions down from an average of seven to five. Whoa. And they can start re feeling results much, much quicker because you nailed it, Jamie. Most people get up off the acupuncture table, walk out into the same conditions that may be aggravating them. And if we can give them an hour just to lie down and complete, um, peace and serenity, then that treatment really sinks in very deeply. And it often depends on how sensitive the person is. You know, a lot of people walk out of the room going, wow, my mind is blown. But there are a good number of people who walk out going, okay, thank you very much. Here's my credit card. <laughs> and you know that they're going to have an aha moment if they're, you know, sensitive later. Wow, I feel really different. Um, I had an interesting email from a client recently who has sensory a sensory disorder. He's on, on the spectrum of uh, autism. And I asked him how he felt that following his treatment. And he said, I wasn't sure until I got a flat tire on the way home. And typically, um, when I have to deal with that situation, I would completely disintegrate and, and really have a bad episode. But I managed it. I felt pretty fine and comfortable dealing with it. So, you know, you get those kind of anecdotal stories afterwards and you feel really th that the, the combination of therapies are really promising. Yes. Yeah. That is, a, that's a big change for somebody. Oh yeah. Big change. When I heard you say that, you know, getting into the tank was peaceful and kind of quiet. I have spoken to some people where you suggest oh, try a flotation tank. It's a sensory deprivation and they immediately panic. <laughs> yeah. Small spaces. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't see anything. I can't hear anything. I'm not going to feel anything. <laughs> yeah. And and they start to lose it. And, and they haven't even been explained yeah. The, yeah. the benefits of it. People. It's a very common reaction. People say we have two therapies that people are most terrified of, needles in the dark. You know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about that. This is true, yeah. Brilliant business model. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Is it like hashtag needles in the dark? No, well, we could do that. And then if we called him the wizard on top of it, I could see that we would have very few clients walking through the door. <laughs> um, but the reality of the tank, of the sensory deprivation tank, is that you actually feel more like you're floating in 
infinity than you're floating in an enclosed space. Um, that feeling of weightlessness and the quietude can have a very positive effect within a sh you know the first few minutes on someone, so they really can relax into the tank. Now that honestly doesn't happen for everybody. Some people do feel anxious, so we encourage them to float with the ta the tank lid open. You know, experience the feeling of weightlessness and that intense absorption of magnesium that happens while you're in the tank. That will happen whether you have a completely closed tank or an open tank. So you can get a lot of benefit without actually just closing yourself in. Since you've mentioned a door mm. and tank, mm -hmm. you know, I think some of us refer to tank as like the aquarium tank. Yeah. Glass on four walls yeah. and it's open on top. Right. But describe the sensory deprivation tank and actually what senses are deprived when you're in there. Ours is, there are a lot of different models. Ours is an egg-shaped model, and it looks like a giant white egg with a hydraulic top lift door on the front. It's about seven feet long, about five and a half feet wide, and there's 10 inches of water. In those 10 inches of water are about a thousand pounds of magnesium salts dissolved. And that's all that's in the tank. Um, it's a very clean environment. It's treated uh, with UV light and oxygen therapy and uh, food-grade hydrogen peroxide to keep it uh, clean. So it's also healthy in that way. There, I mean, there are a lot of chambers that are open, entire room chambers that you can float in, but ours is this enclosed pod model. And what senses are deprived when you're using the tank? When you're in the tank, you're weightless. So the weightlessness itself is a brilliant experience. Chiropractors say that they see spine lengthening between a half an inch to an inch after an hour-long float, uh, which relieves a lot of spinal compression. So you're weightless. Um, it's also perfectly dark, so you have no no light, no light at all. There's no sound, there's no smell, and the water is skin temperature neutral. So after you float for a few minutes, you have the experience of losing the sensation of where the water begins and yes. the air begins, which is one of the best aspects of the tank, because that gives you the sense of floating in space. Um, and while that also may be spinning some people out into anxiousness, like I don't want to float in space <laughs> either, uh, your mind actually responds very positively to that environment. And the clinical data shows that you rapidly um, go through your brainwave states so that you're in the theta wave state while you're in the float. And that theta wave state is the, the sweet spot. That's where you're very suggestible. That's where your cortisol levels drop to a very low level. And all of your parasympathetic nervous system just gets in sync and the healing begins. And you don't have to do anything. I mean, you don't have to think about all of that. You just get in and lie down and surrender yourself to the environment. And that's what happens to your body on a biochemical level. Are you giving tips on how to surrender, Dave? I do actually, yes, because needles? there's a bit of a learning curve uh, because it's a new experience. And when we have new experiences, we pay pretty close attention. So our interest level is high. So when you slide into that tank for the first time, awareness is actually up initially. So people are feeling like, oh, oh I'm floating. You know, and there's a high level of uh, sensitivity to the changes that you're experiencing around your skin and, and, and what it feels like to be in a completely dark environment. So some folks get stuck in that place and it's hard for them to relax their mind because they're waiting for any stimulation. And, and 
the newness of it all is is so apparent. So yeah, I coach them a little bit, but Lisa does also on how to uh, relax in there. Experienced meditators find it very easy. Mm-hmm. People that come in with high anxiety or PTSD, sometimes it takes a couple of floats for them to feel safe and familiar in there. And so then they can achieve the state that is most beneficial mentally. But as Lisa said, all the time you're absorbing a lot of magnesium and having those types of benefits, uh, breathing a little bit of salt air is very good for your respiratory system. There's slightly elevated oxygen in there. So you get those benefits even if you're in an anxious and and, uh, highly stimulated state. Are there any contradictions to going into a tank? Um, People who have experienced seizures are encouraged not to do that, you know, not to float. Um, I, and those are, that's the only contraindication that I know. If you have cuts or scrapes, you're not going to experience complete sensory deprivation because the salt's going to cause you some yeah. trouble. Rec- recently colored hair. <laughs> recently colored hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. what happens? Just the, the high quantity of salt can draw the color out of your hair if it's recently treated. So you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to do that to our tank and you don't want to do that to your expensive hairdo. <laughs> but we do have a salon nearby and who's happy to. <laughs> pass out the cards as they leave. Yeah. yeah. What about an age limit? There are places that offer floats to children who are uh, autistic children, mm-hmm. pe- people who have sensory disorders uh, are using it for their kids. We haven't done that ourselves. We're interested in trying it, but you know, we don't assist in the float. We stay out of the room. So a child would have to be accompanied in the room by an adult. And, but that actually works really well because we've had a hypnotherapist come in and do a couple of live sessions with someone while they're floating. Can you imagine? No. It's a It's a really great environment for inducing the hypnotic state. Mm-hmm. And as you know, some people are more susceptible to be hypnotized than others. Um, and if you have a challenging time getting into a hypnotic state, the sensory deprivation tank can enhance that. Oh my God. Lumineers, if you're blown away, please put your fingers to the keyboard and head over to their website, visionaryhealing.org. O-R-G. Don't forget that one. You can also find them on Facebook, VH Center for Wellness, and on Instagram, Visionary Healing. Great posts. Thank you. (laughs) Pauline is very good at keeping up with you guys and then telling me everything that you're up to. Oh, good. (laughs) That's good. We don't get she up to very us. much except for ushering people from the acupuncture room into the float tank. But <laughs> we try to make it sound like it's really exciting, but it's pretty quiet and serene in our place. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Well, we also, uh, when people are leaving, I didn't want to be cavalier about that because mm-hmm. there is an altered state, but we make sure people sit down and based on whatever pattern we're working with, uh, that's been determined through the acupuncture treatment, Lisa mixes up an herbal tea for them. and So we're hitting them nutritionally also. And then Lisa follows up everyone with the nutritional advice. Yeah. I I hit him up with some nutrition. <laughs> I was going to ask that if you were able to insert your organic chefry skills. Yeah. I use the, be- the beverage is a pretty powerful and simple tool. And after a float or after acupuncture, if I mix them the right combinations of herbs in a tea, it can really benefit them. Sometimes it's just vitamin C, so they can utilize that magnesium really well. And other times it's a tea like nettle tea, which is very beneficial to people with adrenal fatigue or anybody who has a lot of stress. Though I just use my intuition sometimes, but if they've been through an acupuncture treatment, he'll whisper in my ear, you know, what their energetic deficiency might be. And I'll put some 
concoction together for them. All right, you know, I still have a million questions. Good. Shoot. We can okay. keep talking. What kind of imbalance, disease, illness, um, that sort of energetic offness do you find has the best results with sensory deprivation tank? I think that what we're most interested in treating is the anxiety epidemic. There, there's, be, there's a lot being written about it right now. Um, the oversimplification of the reasons for it has to do with the way we engage with technology. And not everyone suffers from anxiety because they engage with technology as much as they do, but a good number of people are suffering intensely with anxiety. And there might be a lot of other theories about why people are feeling anxious. The world is a really troubling place. So I take it in your tank, you don't have a TV screen no. recording the news, no. like CNN Live up <laughs> yeah. there? Sorry. <laughs> no. The one prescription I write is really, don't watch the news. Don't watch the news. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. On an RX prescription pad? That's no exactly news. right. No news. It, oh. it, I, I, yeah, acupuncture, uh, you know, it balances energies, it removes blockages, and, and the tank is a great supplement. In Chinese medicine or in, in China until recently, there was no practice of psychology or, or um, psychiatry or anything that directly worked with brain through chemicals. Everything's treated inside the body. And, and when blockages are removed, emotional states shift. So a person may come to me and say, I'm, having, I'm an angry person, where you know, first we need to establish they're not an angry person, they're a perfect person that's experiencing anger. And so we remove the problems that are causing that experience. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing to go through. And once that understanding is achieved or even felt, uh, you go in the tank and you can work with that. And it's really quite beautiful. And then you mentioned in the tank, sometimes you can apply a certain vibration via sound or light. <clears throat> We've got, we, have the, we have the sound part sort of uh, technically established. We're working on the light part. So we haven't introduced light yet. Sound is just through transducers in the tank that actually vibrate the water a little bit at that frequency, and it's audible, uh, but you are wearing earplugs, and your ears might be slightly under the water, so what you're hearing is, it's clear enough, but it's somewhat, you know, Oh, soft, your body is a big ear, as long exactly. as it's getting the vibration, Yeah, you don't actually have to consciously hear it. You, you're right, it's shifting <laughs> vibration, so. That is great, and so you rely on your history of, I mean... We mentioned before, you're like the wizard. It's not just the acupuncture that you use. You've expanded that into cranial sacral, Reiki, zero balance, reconnective therapy, sound therapy, just so much more. Is that where you have learned like your own muscles and how to dose certain vibrations to help continue the healing while the person is in a theta state? Yeah, I would say that's exactly right. And even without any conscious effort, muscles in the tank relax at a deeper level than I've ever been able to achieve even with needles. And and I kind of know that from my own personal experience. Like I have a little knee thing and when I'm in that tank, something deep inside that knee lets go that I don't think I've ever achieved that any other way. So it's kind of a beautiful thing. Your body finds its state in there. It it feels sometimes like someone's reached into the tank and pulled your arm. Yeah, you know, because it just lets go. It's a beautiful feeling. I agree with that. I've experienced the sensation of in my back and in my hips where I have stretched, I've done yoga, I've done physical therapy. When I'm in there, I don't have that same pain pattern anymore. And 
I typically don't have it for maybe up to a week afterwards, you know, but then I've hit the same pattern or I'm holding the same way and then it's all coming back to me because I'm recreating it. Yeah, it's in the tank, the lasting effects of the tank are fascinating. If you get a good massage, you're feeling relaxed for the next day, maybe the next two or three days. The data on the tank is you have a good float and you're feeling the effects of those for five to seven days afterward. And if you group a, a series of floats together, you can actually permanently shift the state. So you can lower your cortisol levels permanently if you have a series of floats. So <laughs> I'm silently screaming on the other side of the mic, <laughs> Lumineers. Wait, wait, wait. So if somebody schedules a weekly float, which I'm so happy that I fit the statistics that you just said. Normally they're like, no, Jamie, that's not the statistics. Yeah. But yeah, for like a week after, I feel incredible. Yeah. So if I booked one right at the end of that week, I could just continue to ride that wave. Mm -hmm. Yes, because your body wants to heal. It wants to be in that sweet that. spot, right? Mm -hmm. So if you give it a little bit of encouragement um, in terms of practice, it's a practice, then you can stay in that sweet spot for much longer periods of time. So let's go back to the anxiety disorder. It might be very difficult for the first two or three sessions for someone with an anxiety disorder to spend 45 minutes or 30 minutes in a flotation tank. But if they deepen the practice and commit to a series of seven or eight, we're finding that they actually get over their anxiety disorder. They can leave it behind. They have to stay with it. You know, in my head, when you're saying the results aren't the same with everybody and maybe the person who goes in the first time has a really rough time, but mm -hmm. they choose to come back, mm -hmm. that's a huge thing to hear Yeah, because being in the dark, like you mentioned, <laughs> being in the dark, being alone, being deprived of what you're used to using to navigate who you are and where you are in time and space mm -hmm. is huge. It's big. It's a big change. But something had to have happened for them to go, man, that really sucked and my anxiety was through the roof, but I'm coming back and I'm doing it again. Like some magic had to have gone on between themselves. Yeah. Like I, I know they're singular, but I'm going to make it plural. Yeah. <laughs> For them to return, unless you guys are just hitting them up as soon as they're crawling <laughs> out of the tank going, you can do it again. People tell us we're terrible salespeople. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, I think, you know, once, once a neural pathway shifts like that and you experience it, then at, at the very least, you know it's possible. And I think believing that possibility and understanding it actually facilitates it in the future and and hopefully, because sometimes lifestyle changes are in order. Uh, like you said, you go, you have a tight back, you go back to the same activities that initially caused that back to tighten. It right. probably will again. So mm -hmm. it's difficult to inspire lifestyle changes as simple as a standing desk or changing the position of your computer screen when you're at work. But if we can accomplish that because people have optimism from experiencing that new neural pathway, then... Uh, We've done something for them. So you mentioned a moment ago that in the flotation tank, your brain kind of, can I say, boiled down to the theta level. So there's different states of brain activity. Yes. Right? There's the most active, which is... Alpha. Alpha. Then there's... Then the, beta, yeah. then theta. And then the deepest is delta. Yeah. So you're dropping a person from their most active 
down two levels mm-hmm. and they're still awake. It's not like you conk out and go to sleep or go into some altered so, state of being. Some people do, and it's perfectly safe if you do, but most people hover in that veil space between awake and sleep. And I like that term, the veil space. Is that kind of like a hypnagogic state? It is, yeah. And this happens on in the acupuncture table where I will have needles in a, a, a person and they're, uh, they drift away and start to snore, like really snore. <laughs> but but when, they, when we're done, it almost to a person, they will swear, I was not asleep. I was aware of everything. Yeah. And I think that's very much the same state you get to in the tank, yeah. except I don't hear much snoring. Right. And how we're different from other float centers, there, there are quite a few float centers in the country. There's a, a few in Atlanta that, that have multiple tanks and are really beautiful. Uh, and I encourage people to try flotation wherever they can get it. But we are really guides to the float, and we're interested in working with people by having conversations before they go in and when they come out about what their intention is, what is it that they're coming to the flotation tank for. Um, I know you know the power of stating a, an intention consciously is, is, is a significant thing. Yes. And I don't think people understand that, just stating an intention, how powerful that is. Um, Especially when your brain is then going to drift off to this theta. Exactly. Which you mentioned before, it is a hot wire. That's right. To the entire body, to the belief systems. It's directly related. It's Mm -hmm. directly related to your emotional intelligence. It can just rewire. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you don't even have to believe it. And then it happens. Like, I can tell you, state an intention and you can roll your eyes and go, okay, that's all woo-woo, but it's true, true. <laughs> I love you said that. <laughs> and then you'll realize a few weeks later that something shifted. And I had a great experience with that kind of thing myself. I used a technique by Dr. Um, is it John Sarno? John yes. Sarno? Yeah, because I had a, a lot of trouble with my back and uh, I was really debilitated by my back pain. And somebody suggested that I use John Sarno's technique Um uh, And I did it with a lot of skepticism. Mm -hmm. And it basically involved me just talking to myself and saying, that's it. Cut that shit out. I'm not going to experience this pain as physical pain. If it's emotional pain, I'm ready to deal with it. And I would say it like with that kind of an attitude, like, all right, now I'm done. And I walk away from it. And I did the protocol, 30 days of talking to myself really sternly like a parent. And I have never had back pain again. My back pain is done. And so I'm, I'm, sh- and I wasn't doing anything else. I wasn't ex- getting acupuncture for my back. I just did that. So I know that if you state an intention, if you talk to yourself and you get into the tank, that is a powerful action. Was there anything that you would like to share to our listeners? We love what we do and we do it every day and happily. And I think that's kind of nice for people to walk into. I, if I don't do what I do, I don't feel well. So I kind of have to do it. <laughs> and I appreciate that drive. That says a lot. Yeah, we're always really interested to, to see who walks through the door. And the question that's on both of our minds when someone walks through the door is, ah, how is our path intersecting with this person's journey too? And it's a beautiful question to explore. So we love every person who walks in, whether or not they have a a successful experience with us, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just a really interesting process to see who gets who gets attracted to it. 
I really enjoy how conscious both of you are about your work and about what you say, how you show up. Thank you. Just how you even hold yourselves. Luminaires, I wish you were in the studio with us, you know, just to look at their eyes as they're talking and their soft smiles and giggles. And you guys are a delight. Thank you. Dare I say, the wellness power couple. Oh, you snuck it in there. You you, you dare not. (laughs) Lumineers, please check out their website, visionaryhealing.org. Follow them on Facebook, VH Center for Wellness, or hit them up on Instagram, Visionary Healing. Learn more about sensory deprivation. And again, I remind you, as you're listening to this, if you feel inspired, If you get an aha moment, if you get a ping, if you get a deeper curiosity, I'm going to encourage you, put your fingers to the keyboard, go research it, go look for it, find it in your area. If you're here in Atlanta, come see David and Lisa. They're here. Use them as a resource. Atlanta is really growing some incredible healing muscles here. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's about what you guys are bringing to the table. So thank you for doing that with us. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. And listeners, tune in for season four as this is our last episode for season three. Remember, it's not woo-woo. It's (laughs) (laughs) true-true. The ideas expressed by guests and channeled guests on the Lighter Side Show podcast are not necessarily Jamie's personal beliefs. Information received from the Lighter Side Show podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical or psychological advice. For up-to-date info on Jamie, visit jamiebutlermedium.com and subscribe to the Lighter Side Network, Lumineers. I'll see you there. The Lighter Side Network, where the everyday meets the extraordinary. Made with love by Jesse in Atlanta.